And now, the starting lineup for your... Gangsters, what's up, guys? Are you a slacker? MV. I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. God bless the internet. What the hell is going on out here? Hello and welcome to Flicking and Screaming. I am Jed Sprague here with my co-hosts Evan Fagundis. Hey. And JT Chipman. What's going on? And this week we are talking the 2024 Oscars, specifically the 2024 Oscar nominations. We're going to be reacting, we're going to be discussing winners, losers, snubs, predictions. All that and more. Before we get into that, gentlemen, how are we doing? Evan, how the hell are you? Doing pretty well. Um, doing pretty well. I'm. I feel like this is an exciting time of year. There's like so many good movies, and this year or this last year, especially, it seemed like so many good movies came out at the end of the year. So I feel like we have a lot to hit. Um, and just having a good time. You know, had a good weekend back at home in Stockton. Uh, got to see a couple of movies. Get caught up a little bit. And I always am really anxious to hear like what you guys think about some of the movies that we haven't talked about as much. But I'm doing uh, doing well. No complaints. Chip, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a, it's been a busy weekend for me. Been out and about hitting the town. Saw a couple of couple of shows. Either of you uh, Sufjan Stevens guys uh, have been have been known to enjoy. Yeah. So saw a uh, a musical adaptation of the Illinois album called mm-hmm. Illinois. And it was like a reimagining of the album uh, via storytelling. And it was uh, choreographed and directed by Justin Peck, who choreographed the Steven Spielberg West Side Story. Um, Mm. So it's for the uh, opening Chicago night premiere, which obviously a lot of extra impact for that album being in Illinois. And it was it was fantastic. Um, And then last night, scoped out the competition, if you will, went and saw some of our uh, competitors in the pod marketplace uh saw the rewatchables live talking about the fugitive and it was it, it, it was a hoot and a holler i'll tell you what there's a reason why those guys have uh, got got some downloads over the years so a uh, bit a busy jam-packed weekend but a lot of fun glad to be here jed how are you well now i'm just living vicariously through you i mean it's like <laughs> incredible uh I, I feel like i had a great weekend because of that no uh you know it's been beautiful uh in kind of like classic reno fashion it's just tossing a little january sunshine right before we're about to get punched in the face with like a huge snowstorm it was 65 this past sunday i played a little golf Uh, um i i mean it it was enjoyable uh spent a lot of time outside with my children uh it was great uh today specifically we even took my kids to the park after they had their first ever dentist appointment happy to announce we're cavity free. I feel like that's a huge accomplishment uh, huge. as a parent, you know, have, you know, uh, brushing my kids teeth. But uh, yeah, I think everything is good. And uh, it's kind of put me in the right frame of mind. I had a lot of, you know, a lot of time to ruminate uh, on these Oscars nominations. Mm. I want first reactions. Like, What stands out to you? I think these are always interesting. Like, it's like, you know, there's big stories, right? We could start best picture. What's the one thing that stands out to you chip when you look at this year's oscar nominations that they're all pretty good that's that's my one thing and i get that it's overarching but it's kind of my main takeaway and i feel it's kind of been lost in the mire of some controversy and debate that uh, we will crack open and get to the bottom of but this is a really good slate 
top to bottom in a really diverse slate too. Obviously, you've got the big heavy hitters coming out with like Oppenheimer with 13, Poor Things with 11, Killers Fire Moon 11, amazing. But then you think of a lot of other movies that are like Zone of Interest, five nominations, you know? A lot of really good choices top to bottom. Obviously, I think that the best picture category is pretty stacked and there's like a couple of omissions slash, you know, uh, around the margins that I'm not too sure about. But I was really, really pleased with how the nominees turned out. I think they got it mostly right, which makes for a bit of a boring podcast, I'll admit. But at the same time, I'm like, all right, Oscars are shaping up. Let's go. Let's 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 kick this into high gear now. Evan, what about you? Uh, yeah, I feel quite similarly maybe even more looking at it as a whole, like as I was looking at each category, you know, a few days ago when they came out, I feel like I was thinking about, you know, omissions and like, oh my God, no May, December actors, like stuff like that was kind of popping into my head. But as I go through the list, especially like just starting with best picture, I'm like, all these are good, solid movies. I mean, some are, some are great movies and, and it depends on taste, of course, but it doesn't seem like there are any like real stinkers that have eight nominations or something like it feels like we've had um, almost every year of the, the last few years and some weird best picture winners. You know, I could see there being a surprise in best picture if certain movies are taken. Um, no, I'm not predicting. I'm just saying I could see people being surprised, but I don't think that it would necessarily be like a green book or maybe even coda type feeling where a lot of people are just like this movie doesn't even feel like it belongs in the conversation much less should be like being honored as the best movie of the year and of course i'm you know i apologize to the people who do like those movies but um yeah a lot of a lot of really good movies and very famous uh, actually i'd say as far as the actors go the other thing that i'll notice last thing that i'll say is like good mix of very famous people and just cool people to see mm. being honored so are you saying here on this podcast that if past lives win best picture, you will stand up and say just well-deserved? I won't say well-deserved, but I definitely think past lives is, I like past lives more than Coda. That's brave of you to say. And I th- really, that was yeah, really I'm brave gonna... of you to come out on the podcast and say past I'm lives. I'm going to give you a, a I mean, standing ovation worthy. Uh, at, at some point we will rank them one through 10. And I think it's going to be clear where, uh, where I lie. We also need to, I need you to not apologize. You, you, is no, your first question Jed posed, you already, we need to stand on business. No, there's I no apology. I do. Like, Tend uh, to, I apologize for nothing. <laughs> Ten toes you know, down. You know what I can't stop thinking about? Cause I was thinking like, when was the last time we had this many like big, big movies and like kind of big event movies, like, you know, that were nominated and, and brought, I think like we talked a bit about this a little bit last week with, the best of 2023 where it feels like kind of movies like really are, are like back in the culture, you know, back as like culture from mom. There were multiple movie events this year and it feels like there are a lot of those movie events that are being nominated, being recognized. And I can't help but thinking how crazy it would feel if Dune 2 had come out this year. <laughs> and we oh, were also man. talking about that. Like imagine if you take like, let's just say off the top, I'm just like, literally, I'm only saying this because it is the very first nominee on the list. But imagine if you take American fiction off of the best picture nominees and you insert Dune 2 there and you insert Dune 2 in score and you insert Dune 2, you know, probably in like in, you know, digital effects. It's like a lot of stuff that feels almost completely locked in would be almost wide open just based on the quality of the first. Right. I'm not 
I, we obviously mm-hmm. we haven't seen Dune two. Have you guys seen Dune two? I just want to make I want to make sure we're all on the same page. Nobody's seen Dune two, right? Nobody's gotten a well. I'm a embargoed. So. Okay, all right, good to know. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm not. Uh, Denise sent me some rough cuts. I didn't sign anything, and I can uh, tell you right now that it's basically better than the Bible. What if you're like it's a stinker? <laughs> you're just calling your shot. <laughs> it's a soft pass. Oh man. Um, but enough about like what, what, what isn't nominated. I, I didn't, I almost hesitated to say that off the bat. I just was kind of like thinking in my head, holy shit, that would have been amazing. I think, uh, there's some things that stood out to me is, is that it felt like, and maybe again, this is just the small corner of the internet that we're on, but it felt like people were really excited about the uh, the Oscars noms coming out. And there was obviously a, a huge controversy that got picked up. And it was kind of, again, just this theme, movies are back, like in the cultural zeitgeist a little bit. And it feels good. Like it feels validating as people that have kind of like, I don't know if we've suffered on this here podcast, but I think we've definitely, we've like, we've, we've been scrounging, you know, and it, it feels, we've I feel validated. Do you feel validated? In a uh-huh. in a way, yes. I mean, it, it definitely seems like this has become the trend a bit. I'm not saying they all are, but like it is noticeable that the Academy seems to be nominating the biggest movies of the year. I mean, that's why I, I mean, I'm curious to hear what you guys think, actually. But I would kind of attribute the excitement, the the growing excitement around the race and the show itself um, almost more to the movies that are being nominated than like people being so into movies overall like i'm not sure if like all the people who care a lot about barbie or oppenheimer all saw like holdovers for example or something like that or or even poor things maybe but i don't know it kind of reminds me of 2019 a little bit um where where people were so in on the big movies and little women and once upon a time in hollywood all were getting nominated for everything god little women what a picture uh chip picture do you think that like it's funny, Evan, that you said, like, I don't know if all the people that saw Barbie and Oppenheimer saw Poor Things. I've kind of been surprised. It feels like a, Poor Things has made a lot of money, right? And, like, it feels like it's a bit of an oh, yeah. event. It, it feels like it, that's, to me, is, like, it feels like it's been a bit of, like, a big movie of the year. You know, like, people have, uh, like, my I was talking to my dentist, you know, come on, you Spurs, Dr. Davis. He's a big Tottenham fan. Uh, and he was talking about, you know, going and seeing Poor Things. And, like, let me tell you. Not like definitely not the guy you would have expected to be like, oh, yeah, my wife and I went on a date night to go see poor things. Um, But I think just because of like the actors that were in that movie, a lot of people were like lining up uh, out the door. Mm -hmm. And so I think I agree with you. Like you look like you said, Oppenheimer, poor things, Killers of the Fire Moon, Barbie, Maestro, like all those from 13 to seven nominations down. Those movies were all movies that like people were excited about and were talking about at the start of the year, like just even the general population. And I think that's really cool is like how often almost does like excitement end up equaling, um, I don't know, like the payoff, right. Of, of like the Oscars and nominations, I guess. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the point I was trying to make last week when I was like Oppenheimer killers, like my big guys coming out and doing it is like the equivalent of the Dodgers winning the world series next year. It's like, Oh yeah. It lived up to expectations. That's exactly mm-hmm. how I felt about this year, and I'm glad that the public is is going with it. We need we we need the public to to, uh, to get on board for things like Oppenheimer for for things not like Oppenheimer for things like poor things because Oppenheimer and Barbie 
are were relatively mainstream. Oppenheimer, you attribute a lot of that to the marketing because it got people in theater, but then it, it people kept coming back to it. It's not as if it had a huge opening weekend and then fell off, right? People knew what they were going to get into after that first weekend. They know this is a three-hour, talky, talky, half-black-and-white biopic with a lot of really technical shit and a bomb in the middle, but also a very depressing movie, and people kept coming to see it. That It, it turned itself into a mainstream phenomenon. Barbie was mainstream from the beginning. Poor things, Zone of Interest. Zone of Interest isn't going to make a ton of money, but people are going to go see it because it's Best Picture nominated and because people are more invested in Barbie and Oppenheimer. They're like, oh, let me check out some of the stuff around that, too. It's We're, we're pushing slowly and slowly into making these things more accessible. I think the movie theater business uh, with, with you know, you look at how movie theaters are ratcheting up their game with the Alamo Draft Houses and the AMC dine-in theaters and the, the, the rep screenings are doing amazing across the, the country right now. That's, that's so much more popular to get people into the theater to see an older movie that they wouldn't have had the chance to see otherwise. Like, we're pushing these more outlined things to become more mainstream, like poor things, like Zone of Interest. I, and, and, like, that's sort of what I was getting at, too, Chip. I think you brought up a great point. Like, Barbie and Oppenheimer are each, you know, making over a billion dollars. Like, Barbie especially making, what, one and a half billion dollars or whatever. Like, just an insane, insane hit. Um, and it is cool to think that maybe people who are invested in that are like, oh, I should go see these other movies. Because I was just looking and, like, poor things, I, I agree. A lot of people are talking about it, but I mean, it made fifty million dollars, or it's made fifty fifty million dollars. Um, like even Yorgos. Is that domestic movie, or internet or total? Total. Twenty four here and twenty six um, abroad. He always makes good money abroad, and it only costs thirty five million. So by the time its run is over with the Oscar bump, like it'll have made money, which I'm happy about. Um, but like the favorite made a hundred, you know, and like holdovers, it seemed like was kind of a little bit of a hit, and like it made thirty, which like for that movie is a hit, but it's cool to see that that is happening. You know, it's like, it's the holdovers could have made 6 million and still gotten nominated. Um, but it is cool that some of these more mid tier movies are being, uh, being bumped up. And I will say, and looking that up, I just found out that poor things cost 35 million. And I don't know. I would have guessed that it costs like 80. That movie seems really expensive. I've, Finding that more and more, just as an aside, Evan, when I see the budget of a movie, my brain kind of breaks because there are movies that I'm like, this cost $10 million. And it's like, it was $200 million. And then there's movies mm-hmm. where I'm like, God, that must have been expensive. You know, that was probably, a, you know, that was probably $100 million at least. And then they're like, they did it on a budget of $3 million. And you're like, how the fuck? Like, how? How does that work? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't understand. I bet part of that. I wonder if, if Emma, Mark... If if Will well, are taking discounts, Emma's a producer, right? So I bet you she's so not maybe even... she's getting points on it, thousand mm. thousand percent, right? She's, yeah, yeah. But that's a good call. I mean, because that's part of the reason why, obviously, Killers of the Flower Moon. There is a ton of money on the screen, but also <laughs> they paid what like fifty five million dollars for the actors before they even started building a single set right. or anything, right? And yeah. Marty apparently Marty took like twenty million on that one or something like that. Like, it's. And obviously, it's different working with like an Apple because they're not looking as much for you know. Yeah, that's people need to understand that any money Kelly Clarkson movie made at the box office was just a bonus. The movie was not made for the. It was not going to go into a theater. They made it thinking it's going to go on our streaming service. They said, "Oh, let's put it out in the theater anyway," and made not a lot of money on face value. It looked like a flop, but that's a complete misreading of the 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 return that Apple expected on that movie. Apple, you know how much money Apple is sitting on? This is a drop in the bucket for them. Yeah, and it's still made 160, which is good. 
Yeah, that's 100%. crazy. Uh, all right, so I think we're, we're going to kind of get around, like, you know, talking about big winners and, and maybe big losers. Um, any big surprises? Like, we talked about it being, like, pretty kind of, like, yeah, cut and dry. Is there anything that you're, like, really? You know, like, any, you know, specific acting performance or, or uh, you know, movie that you thought should have been recognized more or less? Um, uh, a surprise. Uh, El Conde getting nominated for cinematography. A movie yes, that I, I had just heard of once. I I was just gonna say that exact thing. I want to see it. I don't know sure. anything about it. Well, it's it's Pablo Lorraine, right? And he made. Yeah, um, I like him. He's Spencer. pretty good. Pretty Spencer was Spencer was a good time. Jackie. Was I like Spencer a lot. Maybe it's less a, of a good time. It's a yeah. very interesting. Like I just like the concept. After living 250 years. Augusto Pinochet, a man who is uh, who is not dead but an aged vampire, decides to die once and for all. Like, sure. Like, so sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, one that really took me by surprise is the creator. Uh, I feel like nobody's been talking about this, but that getting nominated for visual effects and for sound, like a movie that I think was generally like panned and people thought was not very good, like. It's something I don't feel like anybody talks about, but there's always those like couple stinkers every year that just get like a below the line nomination, uh, even though everybody was like that movie stunk. Every so yeah. one of us who's seen the creator, so I mean, it it looks great. Like uh, Gareth Edwards, you know, like the movie looks really good. So I don't, I don't even really have a problem with that. Another movie that all the like the narrative structure of the movie and just like the pure plot and some of the acting, I like. I, I, w- I was not a fan of that movie. I do not think it's good. It's near the bottom of like my my yearly rankings. Um, but you're right, Jed. Like it is. I do like how there's some they are able to recognize that sometimes. And I think part of it is because it's the specific crafts people you know voting yeah. on these awards. But they're able to say like, okay, I walked out of the movie and it didn't work for me. However, I don't know how the fuck they got it to look like that. You know, it, which is kind of cool because it did look amazing. Sound yeah. I think was good. I don't remember that quite as much. Anything else, Evan, that was a surprise for you? Um, what else was a surprise for me? I mean, I will say, and I know I say this every time we talk about it, but, like, it still is shocking and crazy to me that Yorgos Lanthimos is, like, now just in there with, like, Scorsese and Tarantino and stuff as just, like, a completely commercial, like, awards-worthy filmmaker. You know, think in- about when we did his his, episode, his, his um, episode of our podcast, like... His first in, three movies are nearly unwatchable for somebody who's not like us. In many ways, he's kind of like he's kind of like taken Wes Anderson's ball from him in the playground and like ran with it. You know what I mean? As far as like mm-hmm. the kind of quirky guy, but that, you know, has is commercial that everybody loves that uh, you mm-hmm. know, gets the awards. on. Like it feels like that's the space that Wes should occupy. And Yorgos is just that guy now. Like he just like. It's it it feels like he's an automatic bet to like make a little bit of money at the box office, like have a successful like movie of, in concept full of stars and get nominated mm-hmm. for a couple awards. Like he's automatic. And it's like you said, it's crazy because 50 percent. I mean, I would argue it's even more. I think 50 percent of his filmography. I mean, how many how many feature films does he have now? Is this eight, nine, seven, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So I guess you're right. That's about 50 percent. But yeah, about 50 percent of his filmography is like. Like, you can't tell anybody that's not, like, a real head 
to go watch it and think that they're going to enjoy it. Yeah. And, and now he has, and like this movie doesn't feel like a compromise either. I mean, it, it is a bit more mainstream in that it is more of a straightforward comedy it, throughout a lot of the runtime. But I mean, there's like 12 sex scenes in this movie, right? Like it, he's not exactly pulling punches. Um, and maybe it's not fully as gross as some of his other movies. You know, like even Killer, Killing of a Sacred Deer has like Barry Keown, you know, biting a chunk out of his arm and stuff. But yeah, it doesn't feel like he's compromising too much and he's still getting the acclaim. And he has, you know, maybe it's a testament to star power, right? Like Emma Stone is signed on to the Yorgos Lanthimos experience, which is really cool. Like they are, you know, two peas in a pod at this point. Yeah, really cool. Uh, let's talk about, oh, go ahead, Chip. I've got just one more, uh, like, Surprise on the positive side, like, oh, didn't expect that. Uh, but Sterling K. Brown getting nominated for American Fiction was just really cool to see because that guy's been around for a long time and he's never a name, like, he's always a guy I'm like happy to see, whether it's in a television show, uh, in kind mm-hmm. of a bit part or or in a movie or like, uh, I don't know, uh, just like a comedic face. And then the performance was great. And to see him get nominated for it uh, was to me a pleasant surprise and i understand that there's maybe some guys that got left out of that category um but he's gonna be at the like that american fiction in general getting as much love as it did is awesome but in particular sterling k brown i'm like that's awesome sterling k brown oscar nominated that's a good good segue into i think a question i wanted to ask later but i'm gonna ask you now what do you think is the strongest set of nominations like what's the strongest category because i think there's an argument that it is it is supporting actor um, cause you think about some of the names that even got left off of the supporting actor list. Um, you know, I think Dominic Sessa being one that I would have personally like loved to have seen, like, I don't know who I'm subbing off of that. Um, you know, maybe Ryan Gosling, but again, I'm, you know, I, I love Barbie. So, uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that to me, like, Willem, as- I think Willem, there's an argument to be made that he's almost the best performance in four things. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he is, but uh, a couple of my, a couple of my Iron Claw, Iron Claw guys really wish yeah. I could have seen in this category. But despite all that, it is a very strong category. Yeah. Very any, strong. Any other categories that stand out for you as like that is like that's that's money? Um, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I'll just do one film editing. Uh, Anatomy of the Fall, Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer and Poor Things. Ooh, God damn. Yeah. You know, that is also costume design. Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Like, that yep. That feels like a hit, like, kind of a hitters-only costume uh, mm-hmm. section. That That's a great one. I mean, God, I have a couple that I want to say. I mean, cinematography is loaded with names. I mean, Prieto, Libatique, uh, Van Hoytema, Ryan. Like, these are, like, the best cinematographers working right now. Um, but, I, I mean, looking at it, director is... Yeah, that's outrageous. that might be that might actually take the cake. And there's director is outrageous. It's wild, Evan. You should read them off if you've got it right there, Evan. Uh, yes, Anatomy of a Fall, Justin Triet, Justine Triet, uh, Killers, Martin Scorsese, Nolan for Oppenheimer, Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. I mean, that's like all great movies in my opinion, and like heavy hitting directors. And if you look, like I think like the easiest one, like the easiest. Uh... I think the easiest category to basically like look for direct like people that missed out on directing is uh, best picture nomination, right? Like obviously everyone's 
uh, you know, throwing a fit uh, about Greta not getting the director nom. I think a lot of people, you know, past lives people definitely thought, uh, you know, Celine should have gotten the nom. I think so. There's like a lot of people that, again, got left. And I agree. Like, it just feels like a lot of names. It feels like we're in this like interesting period where it's just like a lot of people make like a lot of important people making a lot of like important like, you know, some work that's like going to be seminal to their careers. And so there's no, you know, there's no frauds in, in the directing category for sure. No yeah. I mean, Alexander Payne and, and Bradley Cooper, I think were both people who, you know, everyone like saw how much they put into these movies <laughs> that they made, you know, like we certainly saw how much Bradley Cooper poured into Maestro, how much of himself he put into Maestro, um, yeah, certainly. Even certainly. like American fiction, you know, Cord Jefferson is a first time writer director uh, for films like, he, he, you know, yeah. he, he does TV, but, um, you know, really well directed movie. Yeah, it, it was not. And then we we could throw in probably the biggest snub in director, in my opinion, would be Wes Anderson. And he didn't even, you know, his movie isn't even featured here. Perpetual snub. I mean, like yeah. literally we just think sad, but uh, there, you know, you want to talk about another snub for director. How many movies have you felt the director's presence in this year more than david fincher's the killer absolutely again but it's like it's like netflix right Mm -hmm. you know yeah Uh, they they didn't market that or at least they didn't market it for oscars at all which is fine i mean i had it i mean i had it the second best of the year and i Mm -hmm. think like so many i I, so many people everybody that has watched that movie is like i loved it one of my favorites of the year Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even feel like it was even in the conversation. It almost even it felt kind of like of a time, like early streamers, where it's just like that's a streaming movie. Like we don't even consider that. Like yeah. I wasn't even hearing anybody mention it, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I would have even put Fastbender in there for yeah. you know, for acting. You know, if this movie comes out in theaters with a more traditional release, Tilda Swinton for best supporting is mm-hmm. certainly in in a huge conversation. But also just mm-hmm. generally like sound design, editing. Um, yeah. um score that movie is visual is effects so visual effects the the motorcycle shot recreations if you watch some of the behind the scenes of yeah. how they just created that out of thin air no, and then the the best the, one. the facade like, of the windows yeah shooting yeah. the inside in the insides of all the apartments and then digitally like creating the building it's insane yeah that's insane and it's incredible that it won't be recognized for just technical achievement because that that there's so much time and money and effort went into that right and it's just yeah. gonna be forgotten it well it's just such a you know fincher and obviously he loves you know, not to go on too much of a tangent but i i love hearing the stories about hitchcock you know and what people thought about him at the time that he was actually making the movies that he was making and i think he gets a little bit overblown where it's like well everyone thought he was a hack and but like i don't <laughs> think it was that intense but and I'm not saying Fincher movies never win awards. They they obviously do get recognized, especially I feel like his actors get recognized with nominations and stuff. But it feels like with every Fincher movie, it comes out and people are like, oh, yeah, it was a good time at the movies. But, you know, a little bit more of a minor work and he's working in genre, you know, moving on. Sort of like what we did. Like a lot of people watch this around Thanksgiving when it came out. Right. And then in two years later, we're going to look back and be like, I don't know, is the killer like low-key the best movie of 20 you know it's i feel like his his movies grow a lot in estimation and that's not as good for awards there's a post social network thing that i think happens with like like when a director makes like what i think a lot of people come out and are like this is their masterpiece and then it's like all the stuff after no matter how good it is like if it if it at all 
has a feeling of being smaller or like less ambitious than people are just like, like you said, minor work, working in genre, writing it up, mm-hmm. you know, like I think there's something to that. And like mm-hmm. clearly he made social network and he's like, all right, I'm going to go back and like, I want to do some other stuff that I like love, you know, that I love to do. And, um, and obviously he, you know, TV for a while as well. So I, yeah. I think he's just like something like, it feels like he operates kind of outside of the realm of, you know, people that like, I don't know, play in the space, like, you know, that are Academy voters. It feels like he's just kind of doing his own thing. You know, he's a, uh, I don't know. I, I, that, yeah. That movie fucking I, I mean, I'm pretty sure at this point, his n- most nominated movie, like maybe by far is still Benjamin Button, isn't it? Yeah. It's, uh, it's either that or social network. The social, social network, network social got network. plenty of nominations. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, but all right. Uh, you guys want to go through a couple categories and like pick who you think is a favorite to winner and who might be a dark horse lead the way. Let's do it. All right. So how, how far down the rabbit hole do you guys want to go here? Um, we'll I don't think we need post. We'll probably post our ballots closer yeah. to Oscar time. So we've got the, the real deep categories. Yeah. Give us a chance to catch up on the, the documentaries that we're all definitely going to watch. Um, <laughs> But yeah, let's. I think probably just the heavy hitters today. Because I also do we do we want to rank the best picture noms today as well? I think so let's, let's do. We could do that quickly. So let's just run through. All right, let's do original screenplay. We got Anatomy of a Fall, Holdovers, Maestro, May December, and Past Lives. May December's only nomination. Yeah. Uh, who do you wonderfully Chip, written film? Chip, who's your pick to win this? My pick to uh, so okay, hold on. Now we got to do the whole my pick to win yeah. or my personal favorite. No, no, I think we're just doing like who do you think could win, who do you think's gonna win, and who do you think the dark horse is. Start I think off a tough one. I know, I know. So the dark horse is probably Past Lives. Okay. Because I think that that movie's gonna get passed over for most everything else, and especially since it didn't get the director nomination, and I don't think it's gonna win Best Picture either. I think that's a good dark horse. Probably either Anatomy of a Fall or Holdovers is winning this one. Um, yeah, the thing is, with, with either Holdovers or Past Lives, then it's kind of like a consolation prize, right, for for the film. Particularly with Past Lives, because Celine Song directed Alexander Payne didn't write Holdovers, so he's not going to be up on stage getting that Oscar. Um, I think, though, it's probably going to be Anatomy of a Fall. I think, I think that that um, kind of high genre um, and the... You know, the boldness of the ending in particular, uh, I think that the Academy is going to give that some love. Without exercise, the body devours itself. I think this is the holdovers, like one to win in my in my mind. I think uh, I think I feel like this is where it could get it could be recognized. Yeah. Wouldn't be mad about I, it. I, and yeah. I actually have my dark horse as Maestro. I think like Maestro could get a like Have you guys seen it yet. The only I had a busy one of the weekend, man. I was out in the town. Oh, God. All right. I've seen 9 out of 10 Best Picture. I, I'm actually, you know what? I'm making next week a Maestro pod just because I'm dying to talk about it because I have, like, so many thoughts, uh, a lot of notes. But I think, like, it, Maestro's such a, like, pen-heavy movie at times mm-hmm. that I think, like, it could be one of those things where they're like, yeah, like that one. It was There was a lot. There was certainly writing. There was lots of writing mm-hmm. happening. Uh, Again, this is a place where it like it might be this movie's like any of these winners like might be the movie's only big win, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, I, that's why I would say I think I think the holdovers is going to win um, just because of the momentum that it's built up and it's a very 
written movie. Um, but Anatomy of a Fall is all put as the Dark Horse. And I'd say Dark Horse because out of all these other movies, like, could Past Lives win? Sure. Like, people seem to really like that movie. Um, and I think that's the its strongest point is its writing. Um, but Anatomy of a Fall, like, if it wins this, I feel like Anatomy of a Fall could get crazy. Like, I'm not saying that it's going to win Best Picture, but it's up for editing and stuff. Like, I was kind of surprised to see that. Um, and it would just be a little nuts if it if it really started winning, you know, a, a couple down the line and then won screenplay. Love it. What about uh, Adapted? So we got American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Uh, I think this... I mean, this is I think this is where Oppenheimer like starts its its campaign uh, to uh, towards winning best picture spoiler. Uh, but that's who, that's what I think. And then I could I could see like a zone of interest. Uh, I could see a zone of interest dark horse here. I think it's I think it's Oppenheimer's category to lose. I think Barbie and poor things are probably the ones on its heels. Um, might see a split vote there between Barbie and Poor Things. Um, American Fiction, it kind of feels like, uh, hey, you did it. Great job. I'm happy to have you here. Yeah. Uh, it's it's wild, though, that Killers of the Flower is not on here because yeah. that is a fucking script um, and screenplay right there. So, And again, it's like no disrespect to American Fiction um, or, well... I don't know if yeah. I mean no disrespect to Barbie, but I'm like, yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon is just uh, an incredible way to take that that book and turn it into something almost bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I think Oppenheimer will win, and I actually I, I would I would put poor things as I, I don't know Dark Horse. Does that just mean running in second? I don't exactly know. I, but I think no, poor, I wouldn't things say Dark Horse is running. In, Dark Horse, like by definition, can't be running in second. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's like, a, so, like who could be the surprise winner, right? So, like in in right. theory, right? If we are saying Oppenheimer has this category locked up, whoever's running in second could be the dark horse, right? Okay. But in a in okay. like a category where it's like it's wide open, I could see this winning, I could see this winning, I could see this winning. Like none of like none of these three would surprise me. Like you know, one of the others can't be a dark horse, if that makes sense. Okay. I think then poor things because even though it's been nominated the second most uh, or has the second most nominations behind Oppenheimer, I think the expectation is either that it's Oppenheimer or or, or Barbie here. I think there's a lot of Barbie traction here, so I'll, I'll say that this could maybe mean that poor things like is able to split the night a bit more with the screenplay. Okay, I like that. Uh, cinematography: uh, El Conde, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Poor Things. I mean. Again, it feels like Oppenheimer's to lose, right? Oppenheimer's Oppenheimer's to lose. Um, Rodrigo, it's like, I wonder if some people are going to be like, not only did you do this, but you did Barbie, and we like that. So we want to like vote double for you, even though you're not nominated for Barbie. I can see, because some of the Academy voters are a little weird and might pull some shit like that. Um, I haven't seen El Conde, so can't exactly speak to, uh, I don't know how many people have seen El Conde, so speak to that cinematography but yeah it's it's certainly Oppenheimer's and then I think Killers uh, and, and Rodrigo I wish Hoy Van Hoytema will win and uh, Rodrigo running in second slash dark place since we're gonna put those together that would be a huge win uh, if we're talking about like spiritual wins uh, Hoyt Van Hoytema winning would just be really big for all the nopeds out there 
Mm-hmm. Did I tell you this man would show up with a non-digital camera? But, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Hoyt, I will say I think Dark Horse here, and this is a true Dark Horse, is Robbie Ryan because – and I'm thinking it's possible because, like, there is so much going on in, in the visual language of poor things. I mean, it's like there are a million different lenses being used. It's flashing back between, you know – black and white and color and actually that's a cop common thing within this uh category specifically but there's just a lot going on um and i don't know sometimes they say like the most cinematography can can sneak into best cinematography yeah all right uh did i i said oppenheimer uh did i say dark horse i don't i don't think i did but uh, uh i probably would agree with you chip rodrigo although god damn the first 25 minutes of maestro did look spectacular uh but i i just don't see maestro winning a lot uh all right let's go to original score we have american fiction indiana jones and the title of destiny uh (laughs) that feels like that you know the you know the, the british office meme where it's like oh go get the it's like it's like oh, original score. Go get John Williams again. You know that's what it feels. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Like. Uh, Killers of Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things again feels like Oppenheimer uh, to me. Wig, man. I mean, this is like okay. I love Oppenheimer. We all love Oppenheimer. Like of all the categories that I'm like, if Oppie doesn't win this one, I'm gonna throw a fit. This is one of like the three that I'm like absolutely not this is so open and shut in my mind and i love that robbie robertson goes with our movie score too Mm -hmm. but that's american prometheus man that that's can you hear the music can you hear the i mean that's getting enough traction on twitter alone that all the all the academy voters that didn't actually see oppenheimer but you know are voting based on twitter clips are are for sure going to be voting for Oppenheimer, right? Yeah, gotta be. Evan's um, like sitting there, like I'm uncomfortable with these these accusations no. that Jed is making on the Academy week over week. No, I'm ha- I I would go Oppenheimer as well. Um, and again, just the Academy just is super into American fiction. I love that. Like I, I really like the movie. But man, I'll have to go back and re-listen to the to the score to remind it's like, myself. It's a nice score. So I knew that it was not. I, th- I remember I it being it. solid. Yeah, and it's just like a lot of really nice piano, some jazzy stuff, some kind of funky stuff. And I was, I don't think I would notice it if I didn't know it was nominated, which is perhaps on me as a moviegoer already. Um, but it was like really a, a, a very nice score. And mm-hmm. maybe sometimes you need something really nice. Sometimes you need the the giant horns. Um, as the Trinity test is about to take off, and you need a little a little piano as Jeffrey Wright's walking along the beach. Love it. Let's hop over to actress in a supporting role. We got Emily Blunt, we got Danielle Brooks, America Ferreira, Jodie Foster, and Davine Joy Randolph. Who do you got here, Evan? Um, I think Divine Joy Randolph is just like, I, I watched a lot of the prelim award shows this year and she was cleaning up, giving great speeches. I think she's awesome in um, the holdovers. I will say like maybe 
maybe not the strongest character of the movie and that has nothing to do with her, but like she, she maybe isn't given, I don't know, uh, like maybe not quite as fleshed out as some of the other characters, but I, I think she is awesome in the role. And then dark horse, I guess, um, I guess being Emily Blunt, like if there is truly like a, you know, Oppenheimer is going to win 12 Oscars tonight type vibe. It, it could, she could just get swept up in that. Yeah, I think it's divine. Yeah, yeah, divine Dorian will win this award, which is great, and awesome. Um, the dark horse is probably Marco Ferrera for Barbie. Um, no, no way, no way. It's a dark horse. The fact that she's even nominated, I think, means that she can win. Mm. Because other like Margot did not get nominated. She can't nom. She, you can't win if you're not nominated. Truer words have never been spoken. Listen, yeah. I came prepared tonight. I, I, I mean, wow. You know who Love can't it. win? Margot Robbie. Yeah, because we weren't nominated. No, I wasn't. Chip yeah. is right there. Right in. <laughs> right in, JT Chipman. Uh, I agree, though. I could... I don't know why. Maybe just because there was so much chatter about it after the nominations came out, but I truly think, like, I would not be shocked if she won. No, that I would, wouldn't either. For the Barbie heads, that would be pretty deflating. I think if like that's the acting performance from that movie that wins, it's the one that it, of all the clips from Barbie of all the acting clips, it's the one that was shared the most. Was that speech? Yeah, and I mean, it does it, have it does have the most Oscar Beatty. I mean, it's the most Oscar Beatty moment, you know, yes. by far. Um, you think Noah Baumbach like personally? I like he, Sublime better than did, you know the. <laughs> Did Noah Baumbach write that, like, on his second slice of pizza for the day? Like, what what was his headspace when Baumbach whipped that one out? I'm sure he was taking that that section. Get out, get out. Yeah, get the fuck out of here with that shit. You're going to have misogynist accusations. I, I, it's a good speech. I like it. My wife, I, I, I was crying, holding my wife's hand, who was also crying in the theater. It's a good speech. I don't necessarily think like she's great throughout the film. I don't think I think her character is literally just a plot mechanism to deliver that speech. But speech itself is fine. Don't don't come hard at Noah and Greta. How dare you? I like and, to imagine him writing that speech on the on the subway home from a Knicks game though. <laughs> you're no sap. You're a bad guy. You're a really yeah, bad I am. guy. Uh, I, came, I wanted to do this. I'm all right, sorry. let's do actor in a supporting role. We got Sterling K. Brown, Robert De Niro, Robert Downey Jr., Ryan Gosling, and Mark Ruffalo. Evan. Um, I think it's going to be Robert Downey Jr. I don't even. I mean, is the dark horse again Ryan Gosling? Like, I don't want to be insane here, but like, he feels like the dark horse to me. He is. Yeah, I I think this one I would agree with you that he is the dark horse. Um, I mean, he, have we guys wrapped our heads around the fact that this man is going to be performing? I'm just Ken. Like he's going to be on stage right. at the Oscar. Do you think so? I know yeah. that was like a meme, but no, no, that seems to, no, cause that's the oh, thing it's now. locked in. Well, because that's the it's thing is, in. oh, they perform all 10 or all of the, oh. not all, all of the, uh, nominees that's for right. original song. So yeah. unless somebody else is going to sing it, like, in, unless they're just going to like roll out, you know, somebody else, like. That man is legitimately going to be. I want to know, like, how far are they doing it? Like, is he going to do, like, just the piano? Like, is this going to yeah. be, like, you know, tasteful? Is it like company? nine minutes? 
Yeah, because there's a whole like dance sequence in the middle of it, and I'm like wondering like is Simu like is Simu Lee gonna be like joining him on stage for like a dance off? Like, is that what's gonna happen? Like, that would be an amazing prop bet. Is like, is how long is the performance of I'm Just Ken gonna be? Will it be like the full nine minutes or will it be? Uh, I mean, it just feels like it comes to such a crescendo, you know, with all the Kens, you know, holding hands. Um, you know, I'm just good at doing stuff. It feels like it like can't not do that, but also yeah. that it would be certainly a spectacle. So I'm in even if even if he didn't get nominated, the Academy was going to throw a bag of money at Gosling to get up and do that song on stage. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and now they don't have to. It's like when it's it's like when they're like Oscars uh, viewership is going to be way up because they're going to be performing in Kanto. And then they didn't perform the song from Encanto till like 1030 Eastern. And everyone with kids is like, what the fuck? The Academy? Like, why would we not start with the song that the kids want to see? Um, mm. Absolutely absurd. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, I think it's, I mean, based on everything we've seen in the lead up, it's got to be Downey. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Downey's going to win this award, which is awesome. He's going to... Keep charming our socks off for the next two months. Be great on red carpets everywhere. You could there. There's an argument, and if I were to watch Killers of the Flower Moon again tonight, and try to form the agenda that Robert De Niro gives the best supporting actor performance of the year, I could I could probably do it. Um, oh, if it's a hundred percent, you could. And so many I don't people were just argument. like, it's it it's not. Um, I just saw a lot of people on Twitter like, oh, Robert De Niro just doing what he does for the hundredth time and getting another Oscar. And it's like, you know, you didn't watch the movie. This is not something that Robert De Niro always does and taps into. That was one of the most, like the least phoned in performances I've ever seen. Like in a, yes. where like, I feel like he, he could just phone it in and everyone would be like, it's Robert De Niro. It's great. But that was like one of the best performances of in his entire career. 100%. The, Incredible. The, the whole opening, you can call me King. Like the whole, <laughs> the first time you meet him, that, that, that first 10 minutes is like in a 10 minute Oscar clip. Yeah. Money uh, fr- flows freely here now. Yeah. Uh, all right. And so let's now go to actor in a leading role. Chip. This is an interesting, I, I know that Evan is a big, holdovers guy and a big Giamatti. We're all big holdovers guys here. Yeah. And I know that the Giamatti hive is, is strong. I don't know where y'all land on this, though. Like, I actually don't know how much the Murphy versus Giamatti thing has, has come into your brains. For me, it's pretty clearly Killian Murphy. Um, I think in the narrative that's building in my head of like an Oppenheimer like domination fest, uh, I think I think it's got to be Killian, but but I'm not sure. Like I okay, it's clearly Killian in terms of my preference, but I'm not sure who's going to win this award. I, I genuinely feel it might almost be a coin split time. vote. Dark Horse Bradley Cooper, after not winning any of the awards in the run-up, wins for Maestro. See, I think he'd almost rather win like the directing award. Or no, I don't know. He might rather win the the acting award than the directing award. I don't he know. trained six years for a yeah a four minute scene. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. If he he, he might, might like like he he might just 
like cartwheel down the aisle. No, if he, his acceptance speech, he'd be like, thank you. He would thank individually all the directors in the audience that rejected him. Yeah. Like he has been on the on his like nobody has campaigned harder this year uh, than him. I think. Yeah, it's uh, like if he wins, he goes and does like a few more hangover movies and goes to Eagles games and that's it. If he loses, then he's going to like live in the jungle for ten years and become a wild man and use that for his next picture. He's he's our he is like the closest we have to like Francis Ford Coppola levels of insane where he will like I think he will bankrupt himself to like try to win himself an Oscar. Ooh, that would be I mean, we got some great art out of that, so I'm in. Uh I think the dark horse though, I do think like if you're considering because I do think this is probably a pretty close race, Evan. I I agree with what you're saying even though we haven't even let you speak, but what you've been saying offline to us uh that giamatti could win, win this i think like by definition i would say that cooper has to be the dark horse um i think this would be a really good indication if giamatti wins because they give out actor early in the night now right um i know they like to start with one of the supporting ones Generally speaking, I think the actor, like the lead oh, actor. Oh, yeah, that's right. They start with supporting actors, like the very first yeah. thing they do. Yeah. Um, Best actor is usually quite late. Like famously, you know, a couple of years ago when the you know, Hopkins won at the to end the show. Oh, oh my God. God. Uh, um, so I will say, so Chip, by, by saying I'm a holdovers guy, you're saying like I have faith in it winning awards. I think that's true. Like I think Giamatti could could absolutely win here i i will say like i'm not i like the movie it's definitely not my like absolute favorite um like killian would be my personal pick i think he's going to win but i think it's like almost running at like 55 45 right now just based on like prelim awards um all right uh let's shout out jeffrey wright another i feel like a guy we love on this pod and just like huge shout out that he got nominated also coleman domingo I have yeah. not seen I have not seen Rustin, but but I'll tell you what he's winning the outfits the red carpet outfits awards like just Google Coleman Domingo fits and it is it's a masterclass whoever that is, man is handsome whoever is styling him whoever styling him is just like everything fits perfectly like every every suit has been artisanal but without being like over the top like still rooted in, enough in tradition but with interesting cuts um, but like the I don't know, like the traditional tailoring proportions are all right. It's so good. It's so good. And there's so many people that are like try to do that stuff and it ends up not getting pulled off. Mm-hmm. Uh, see Barry, our our boy Barry Kogan, uh, you know, had a tough one uh a couple of weeks ago. Uh all right. Actress, as <laughs> where it feels like like actor is fifty fifty it feels like this is the truest, like, there's one person that should win, but there is now a, there, a dark horse has emerged uh, in Best Actress, right? With Emma being the dark horse for Poor Things. Yeah. It's, it's barely it's, sorry, a dark horse at this point. I didn't even say. It's Annette Benning, Lily Gladstone, Sandra Holler, Carrie Mulligan, Emma Stone. Those are our nominees. Apologies. Nyad is a real movie, question mark? Couldn't be. Couldn't she swum. She swam. I swim, I swam, I swam. Are we all in agreement um, about Best Actress, though? Is there anything else that... Well, I 
or I think we're all in agreement that it should be Lily Gladstone. I don't know if it will be Lily Gladstone. Oh God. I still think it will be, but I said it last week. I, I would not be upset about Emma Stone winning. I mean, I'd be really bummed out for Lily Gladstone, and and I do have her edging Emma. But um, yeah, there's a lot of poor things momentum. I I really don't know what to think about poor things. Like, is it it it, it could pull like an Irishman almost? I Let's, can see and not win anything. Let's talk about it though in the Best Picture nominees, because it is also nominated for that category. So our Best Picture nominees... Well, should we do Best Director and then Best Picture? Oh, excuse me. Thank you. Thank you for keeping me honest. I'm bouncing around here. I forgot Director. Um, director is not really, like, I wouldn't consider it, you know, top of the line, right? Screenplay, uh, you know, the adapted screenplay, c- cinematography, directing, though, no. Let's do directing. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall, Justine Trier, Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan, Poor Things, Yorgos Lanthimos, and The Zone of Interest, Jonathan Glacier. Again, just a fucking loaded category. A category that I don't know uh, if there's any room for anybody else, quite frankly. I just I just don't know who you can boot out of that camp to try to get anybody else in, as much as I might think there are some more deserving people out there. Um, Christopher Nolan is going to win this award. This is mm-hmm. kind of set in stone. Even so, there, there are some other of the Oppie you know, categories that I'm like, eh, we'll see. But this one, to me, feels like, like the work that Nolan is doing on the campaign trail talking about movies you know he's he's made nice with warner brothers again they're they're putting tenant back in theaters in a month you know they've he's patched it up with big zazz you know he 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 shot him a text message and got it all worked out um nolan as the the champion of the movie theaters and of of cinema far and wide um and having the money to back it up because scorsese's doing that and more um but He's he's only got the one Oscar to show for it, and people are going to say, Nolan, you did it. You finally cracked it. We finally recognize you. Here you go, bud. And he will say thank you and drink his tea and uh, move on to his next big budget. Uh, I agree. I, I think it's Nolan's. I 99% he's going to win. I'll throw out as a dark horse, Justine Triette. Like, I think it... it it has the nominations to do something interesting. I, I know I've now said that like three different times, but it, it it kind of is almost matching the, you know, having the screenplay nomination, having editing, having best picture. If there was anyone, I, I would actually throw her out. What would that do for the discourse? <laughs> I, think... <laughs> I don't want, we're not, I don't want to talk about, like, I'm not, I... I'm not going down the Barbie rabbit hole, like the Barbie drama rabbit hole tonight. And I know that's the discourse you're talking about, Chip. You know, I don't know what you're. Nah, it, I thought he was talking about more. Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about more like Nolan Broy. No, stuff. he's saying he's saying what would it do to the discourse? All the people that were crying misogyny oh. when a woman wins Best Director, and everyone was saying the you know it's a misogyn. Uh, it was misogynistic that Greta wasn't. Mm. I was, uh, no, I was talking about the discourse amongst the French film community when when they didn't submit Anatomy of a Fall for international. Get the fuck, get the fuck out of here! You are you are a bad guy tonight. I don't I don't like this this new corner. You're in your breakfast nook in your fucking cool ass apartment. You, Dude, this used to be, you want to know what this this nook used to be? The landlord who lived here. He said he this was his reptile room when he lived here. Oh, I'm amongst the you, snakes. You are. Oh my god. 
that's a t-shirt. Uh, you are just like slithering right there in your in your yes. cave, uh, just trying to draw me out. Um, I agree. I think it's I think it's Nolan. Uh, but I think the dark horse here actually might be Yorgos. Like, given how many nominations Poor Things has, like, could you see this being like a either the only thing that it wins, or is there actually a <laughs> weird world where like Poor Things, you know, can win like four or five, and then at the end yeah. of the night it gets to the point where everyone's like actually holding their breath. Like, Holy shit. Like, does this have a chance? Like when we open up this best picture, like, I think that's kind of what I hope for when we like talk about these things, when you watch, a sh- like when you watch the telecast is like, you just hope that at the end of the night, when they open the envelope for best picture, you are like, <gasps> like holding your breath at least a little bit, not going like up and you know, as they do it because Oppenheimer's won 12 awards already. Do you guys agree? Like that's the that's the hope as like a viewer of the telecast. It in the moment it always makes it more exciting. Yeah, like I don't know if that. Like looking back, you know, I might be like, oh man, I I kind of wish it would have won. But oh yeah, it's always more exciting when like, you know, like if editing did go to because everything that I was saying about Anatomy of a Fall is basically doubled for four things because it also has cinematography score. So if they did want to just say, hey, everyone got nominated for this movie, who put it all together, Yorgos, like that could absolutely happen. And that would be pretty nuts if he had won there and Oppenheimer and Poor Things had kind of traded off a little bit. Yeah, Um, I'm definitely very interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, Let's talk about Best Picture and then let's get out of Dodge. Uh, Unless am I missing any other categories, guys? No, you're not. It's just, it, I'm just looking at Killers of the Flower Moon, and it's just wild that it's going to win maybe two awards. Like, I don't know what happened on the campaign for that movie. Um, I know. I think I think what happened is, like... Did they just kind of throw up their hands and say, well, Oppenheimer's going to kind of take that corner? I just think when you look at it, too, like... I think, like, they've actually campaigned somewhat smartly of like throwing the whole weight behind Lily. Yeah. Right? I think it's people that have won like a lot of people doing this that have won little golden statues before. And it's like they're probably like looking at like who is the most important part of this movie that has not won a little golden statue and like let's throw our whole weight behind that person. Yeah. It's just wild that Martin Scorsese might end his career with one best director and one best. Yeah. I mean how many okay but how how many best directors does Paul Thomas Anderson have? How many? You know what I mean? Like how many best no, directors? Martin Scorsese he's made like twenty seven classic movies. I know, but I'm just saying it's like it's not unheard of that. It's not, but it's like when you're actually someone when you're staring down the end of the career and it's a lot closer and closer. And again, how like I said last week, how many career defining, legacy defining movies has he made? You see a few of them and you're like man, we're really getting close to the end here. And it just feels inevitable that you're not going to win every time. Like he, he wasn't going to win for the Irishman. He wasn't going to win for silence. He wasn't going to win for Wolf. Like he was never in serious contention for any of those awards. And it's just like, like, why? Like, are we, are we waiting until it's too late? Are we taking him for granted still? And we're doing it for other guys who are younger, like, like Wes and like PTA, but with Scorsese, it's like, man, the hourglass is ticking down, guys. What are we doing? Absolutely. Here's a great example. 
in score in 2014 for the 2013 movies martin scorsese lost best director he had directed wolf of wall street great movie i think we all agree you know who won that year alfonso coron won his second best directing oscar that year that's crazy <laughs> that's fucking, that crazy. fucking wild coron oh. great director Super cool what did Quaron win, like, win his first one for? Did he beat Marty? Actually, no. Quaron <laughs> won his... Wait. Um, was it Children of Men? Because no. the 2013 would have been Gravity. Uh-oh. We're deep in. We're deep into the Wikipedia halls here. We are yeah, here. I'm, I'm digging. Am I, am I crazy? I, I feel like I was just looking up who won, and I had it in my head that he won another one. Yeah, I mean, did, he did. He didn't win in the 2007 Oscars for 2006 movies. Oh yeah, he? director for yeah, Roma and Gravity. So that was his first of two. I, yeah, I knew he was a two-time two, winner. Yeah. His first of two. Yeah, wild um, and crazy to think that he didn't get nominated for his best work, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Fucking unbelievable. Uh, movies gotten a lot of love on Twitter lately. People are like, I know. Hey, it's, it's getting a little it's too seven close. three-star movies and one five-star movie it's getting a little too cozy over there for me. Like everybody jumping on that take feels like you don't know ball. You know, it feels like a lot of people trying to like think they know ball, uh, and you know, and being like prisoner of Azkaban is the best. Okay. Tell me why though. Like, tell me why, why do you like it? Uh, so anyway, let's do best picture real quick. Uh, American fiction, anatomy of fall, Barbie, the holdovers, killers of the flower moon, maestro Oppenheimer, past lives, poor things in the zone of interest uh should we rank them are we do you want to do who's your pick to win who's our dark horse like really quick and then let's like rank that are we like ranking them based on what we like or like likelihood to win i think think we should do likelihood to win just because then let's challenge then let's skip it and let's just let her skip the dark horse and winner thing because we can do that throughout uh number 10 probably what uh american fiction or past lives Probably, probably American fiction in that past lives. Okay. Uh, I think past lives might have a better chance than zone of interest. Okay. Well, do we I, think? Or I don't know. But is that the bottom? Because it got directing. Can yeah. we agree? Can we agree that's the, probably the bottom three? And then Maestro. Uh, does Maestro or Zone of Interest have a better chance? Uh, I don't. I mean, I haven't seen Zone of Interest, but like just based on the discussion around it, I would almost say uh, Zone of Interest. I guess I guess Glazer being in there for director really throws things. Maybe it is higher than than I'm thinking, Chip. I'm thinking American fiction at ten. I'm thinking Past Lives nine, Maestro eight, Zone of Interest seven. I can that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. And then it's like (laughs) this crazy say. Then is it Killers of the Flower Moon? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like I think so. Killers. Then well, it's Barbie at five. Is is Barbie above it? Is is Barbie at five probably? Yeah, Barbie or holdovers probably, right? I guess. Um, I in I have had it in my head that Oppenheimer, um, Poor Things, Anatomy of a Fall, and Holdovers are like kind of the clear top four, just okay. based yeah, on the other nominations. Fair. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Okay. Without not in that order, but like. Yeah, no, I would say so. If we're gonna say that, so right now. We've got American fiction at 10, right? Mm-hmm. We've got, can we put past lives at nine? Maestro at eight. 
Zone of Interest at seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killers of the Fire Moon at six. Barbie at five. And then are we going to put... Holdovers for... Anatomy of a Fall three. Yep, and then Poor Things. Yeah. And then Poor Things, and then Oppie. I think yeah. that, that, that feels that right. That sounds right. That feels right to me. Uh, make one wild... Guys, well, I was going to say, if you guys could pick your best winner, if, if, if Mr. Oscar knocks on your door and says, you get to choose the best picture winner for the Oppenheimer, year. Oppenheimer, for sure. You're picking Oppenheimer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we sort of answered it last week a little bit, too. Yeah, but yeah, I, well, I, I, I think just our number one movie of the year versus what we want to see win mm, this picture might be right. different. I don't know. Like, I want because you're right. given you're given the opportunity. Like people aren't going to know this that you are the person who's chosen the best picture winner. But right. you know, a hundred years from now, people will know the 2024 best picture winner was, and that will go down in yeah. history. That is, uh, I mean, I would Good pick call. Oppenheimer, but if I could pick any specific scenario to happen, it would be this. It'll be that the it's like a La La Land Moonlight situa- situation, but Maestro gets shut out the whole night. They open the card, best picture goes to Maestro, and then everyone's like celebrating. Bradley Cooper's like crying, holding the statue, you know, like he's in tears. Like it's absolutely incredible. And then it's just like, no, 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 uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. And then it's just like everyone's like, what the fuck happened? Like it's just out of control. Uh, you know, if just you like, called me a bad guy. You want to see Bradley Cooper's soul get crushed on live television. I, I want more art from that man, and I just I think the too. only way to have have that happen is, like, I think I, I'm mo- I'm like, I don't know if we got we got to talk about my show because I don't think I've ever been more in on this man as a filmmaker and ever been like more out on like a movie as in like as a whole. Like, the it, the glimpses that he showed me, it was just like yes. Like, can we tap into that for like a whole two hours? Like, I would fucking, I would love that. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in. I like, I, I just want him to not be discouraged. Like, I want yeah. him to start, like, putting out a movie. Like, I need, like, a movie a year, like, kind of run because I think I need him to, like, start racing downhill towards, you know, trying to win something. So he's not spending six yeah. years on. This is not a visual podcast, but I was just imitating uh, Bradley Cooper. Uh, imitating conducting yeah so imitating you something out. i would love to hear one wild one that if you could just sort of what chip was saying you just yeah. cast the one single vote that gets it what would it be any does category. it have does it any category yeah any, any category. category so for me here's the if, if mr oscar did come to my door with the best picture thing i think i still might pick oppenheimer because i think it might just be the best story in the most um impactful you know like like that would be such a big deal for those kinds of movies going forward but i would probably say scorsese is what i would that would be my golden Mm. ticket is i want scorsese Mm. to win best director nice that would be cool um oh man evan what do you what do you have top of mind for that um i will tell you here, I'm just making sure I have it pulled up so I know who to give credit to. Um, I would give it to Sammy Birch and Alex Mechanic, who wrote May, December. If I could really just pick anyone that yeah. I know won't happen, but I would love to see it would be May, December winning Best Original Screenplay. Um, awesome. We talked about it. And I actually think 
Robert De Niro, Bobby De Niro for winning Best Supporting. I think that would be a really fun, like kind of say, I mean, I guess it's the same movie, right? But it's kind of in the same spirit of Marty winning, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Best Director for Killers of the Fire Moon. I feel like it would be one where we'd like, in the moment, I don't know if people, I don't think people would be angry. I think it would, people would be like, whoa, like that's crazy. But I think we'd look back on it and be like, that was awesome and super well-deserved. You know, like a world where that happens and then like Oppenheimer still wins best picture, I think is, would be kind of cool. What would be the most upsetting thing for, for y'all to see happen at the ceremony? Because for me, it might be Lily Gladstone losing. Oh, um, we know Evan's rooting for that, so can be. I'm really not. I'm really not. Uh, you know what it would be for me? Uh, it would be original score going to John Williams. That would that would really fucking. <laughs> That's a great that, choice, though. That Look would at you. really that, great uh, that would really upset me because it just like like I I can just see it now. You know, it's like, it's like, best score, John Williams, and it's like, bum, ba dum bum, bum, ba da for the fucking 500th time. Like, it's amazing. The entire room, standing yeah. ovation. Standing ovation, and it's like, he couldn't be here because he is a thousand years old, you know, and like, couldn't make it tonight. <laughs> uh, and then we just like, sweep that under the rug. Uh, that would be incredibly, uh, incredibly upsetting to me, personally. I just think like, I don't know. We talked about it. We talked about it. Um, but like Ludwig Göransson, like that is that's a special, special, special thing. That score is out of control. Um, and the way it interacts, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I'll, I'll save it. I'll, I'll I'll wax poetically about it uh, on Oscar night when it wins. What but would, that would what upset good. you, Evan? Oh, what would upset? I know. I I thought I was maybe gonna get away with. <laughs> not saying nope, anything. Nope, nope, nope. I don't know. I'm, I'm the bad guy tonight, apparently. I'll just throw it out there and just say that I have no interest in seeing a Marvel movie win. And there's one nominated in one category, and and I really don't have an interest. What what movie in what category? Chip, what's your choice? I said if Lily Gladstone loses, that'll be the most. Oh upset. yeah, there you go. Okay, but what's the uh, what's the Marvel movie? little movie and best visual effects? Best visual effects. Let me guess. It's uh, the Marvels, probably. You know that one really knocked them off their their socks. Um, oh, okay, sure. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Oh, I would be cool if 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 um, this is a fun category though. The Creator, Godzilla minus one, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Mission Impossible, and Napoleon. Those are yep. those are some pretty cool it, movies there. I'm glad they got recognized. Yeah, I agree. And best sound is a really interesting one too. Like having Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning going up against Zone of Interest in any way, shape, or form. It's just a great thing that you know feels like a versus can do versus in the making. Uh, <laughs> it feels like it feels like a need for versus. Uh, all right, I want to close out by asking one thing. So Oppenheimer, 13 nominations, right? Historic. That's a lot of lot of nominations. Second most, tied for second most ever, right? 14's the most. Uh, I believe uh, there's a smattering of 14, including Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Hey. 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 Uh, how many do you think it will win? I think it'll be more than half. That's a non-answer. I want a number. Or give me the over-under. 
then chip if you think more than half is are you setting it at six and a half yeah and i'm taking the over and i would take the over up to i would take the over at seven and a half as well i don't think i would take the over at eight and a half okay so you think it will can win eight but will not win nine i think it can win 10 of it very well could i think it could definitely win 10 um it could just totally decimate everything else. I just as, don't... as the bomb did, it could decimate everything else. That's the thing is I'm just I just wonder if people are gonna be like, I don't want to the bomb. Like mm-hmm. the, that is the thing that hangs over all of it. And I don't I think that the movie is pretty clear in what it says about the man and what he did and what the United States did with that weapon. But I wonder if, if an international body is going to dock it for that and say, I don't want to check this box for this movie. Yeah, I, I think eight and a half is the is the the perfect line for over unders, because if it really starts rolling, then, yeah, it's going to get production design. You know, it's going to get sound. Like, but but maybe you're right. Maybe they they spread the love a little bit. Like something like Maestro yeah. gets sound or something. You know, like they really start um, opening up. So I, I'd say eight and a half is really the mark. It honestly has me, going like minimum six. Yeah, it's got me more worried for the acting categories. I think that the below the line categories won't it won't affect it quite as much. But I think mm-hmm. when when you put like the face on the 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 actions and on the movie on the story, that's where I wonder if people are just gonna waver a little bit. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool. Interesting. Well, uh, thank you as always for listening. If you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at Flick and Scream, on Instagram at Flicking and Screaming. Join the conversation on the newly updated website, flickingandscreaming.com. Thank you to his partner, Emily, for all the hard work that they did uh, to get that up and running. Join us next week as we continue this journey called life. For Flicking and Screaming, I'm Chad Sprague, JT Chipman, Evan Fagundes. Have a good one, everybody. See ya. And now, the starting lineup for your... Gangsters, what's up, guys? I was slacker. MV. I'm not going to debate you, Jerry. God bless the internet.